Please be seated. And that it is December with Christmas just around the corner, let's talk about angels. But before you make any great leaps, no, a sermon about angels on this day is not about Lisa being angelic, even though she seems to be. And I'm not talking about the angel on a greeting card annunciation scene looking doe-eyed at the Virgin Mary. Nor am I talking about a decoration that you may have had in your family for a couple of generations that now sits on the top of a Christmas tree. And I am not talking about children in cardboard wings and a pageant who sing some version of Gloria in Excelsis Deo. No, let's talk about real angels, or messengers if we go back to the original meaning of the word. When God wants to speak to us, we say that God calls in the angels. I like to call angels agents of God, perhaps looking less like a winged creature in a robe and more like the tough guy that the street boss sends to tell you to pay up. When an angel comes on the scene, more often than not, it is not pretty. In the air, there is more fear than affirmation. Some examples. Most of us are indeed familiar with that story of Mary, to whom the angel announces that she is pregnant, all the while not giving her any real advice on how to break the news to her fiancé. And then there are the angels in the temple at Jerusalem whom Isaiah sees, one of whom has the audacity to put a burning coal on Isaiah's lips. And then there is Gideon a figure in the book of Judges who encounters an angel who takes Gideon's gift, his offering, and burns it up right in front of him, a stranger reducing all of Gideon's work to ashes. God's agents often come in frightening forms that make us uncomfortable. They may come to give us news that keeps us awake at night, as with Mary. They may come with some pain attached, as with Isaiah. They may come and metaphorically reduce to ashes what we have so carefully constructed in our lives, sort of the way it was with Gideon. No greeting card sentiments present. I mentioned the story of Gideon because it's an early example in the Hebrew Bible of what happens when we finally recognize God's messengers. It can frighten us. When Gideon recognizes that, that he has seen an angel, he cries out to God for help because he's seen something entirely different than painting or pageant. He has seen a discomforting reality. And in response to Gideon, so the story tells us, the first thing God says is, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Think about it for a moment. The initial response to seeing a messenger from God who upsets the status quo, who teaches us something difficult, well, that first response is fear. And then the ultimate response from God is peace. You won't die. That story of Gideon is also an antecedent to the most powerful proclamation of peace in the face of fear that we have in the Christian New Testament. That is, when the disciples see the risen Christ in their midst after the events of Good Friday. 
They are afraid as they look around in the locked room at one another and must be asking themselves, so this is what Jesus looks like? The response given three times in the space of a very few verses in the Gospel of John is, peace be with you. We learn that seeing God's ultimate messenger is initially scary, but ultimately peace-inspiring. Now, what does all of this have to do with ordaining Lisa as a priest? Well, as a newly minted priest, according to the ordinal of the prayer book, the first words that she gets to say publicly are, The peace of the Lord be always with you. As you've heard, Lisa, there's a lot of history behind what you'll be saying. Those who are ordained have as a primary task, it appears, telling people that God's messengers, as frightening as they sometimes look, in the end bring peace. It's a reminder to the church. It's a reminder to anyone who listens, wishes to listen. It's a reminder to the priest herself that when people are scared to death of what an angel might be doing in our midst, of what the risen Christ might actually be looking like, the task of the priest is to proclaim that peace is imminent, that all will be well. That's a lot of what Lisa is going to be doing day after day as she goes about being a pastor and a preacher and a teacher. Today's gospel states that Jesus, in sending out his 70 disciples to go where he himself would go, tells them to first say, peace to this house. Just like Lisa getting a chance with the grace endued at ordination first to say, peace be with you. The stranger comes to your house, and the call is to remind the people inside that the stranger's ultimately bringing peace. That house might simply be a house, or it might be the workplace, or the store, or this side of a national border or it might be the church itself. The call to announce peace was the mission of the 70 in the first century of Palestine, the mission of the church in 21st century Arkansas, and the mission of Lisa upon ordination. God's angels, God's messengers, come among us in order to shake things up, not so much to reassure as to reinvigorate and to inspire. Lisa, your call in a world that is wracked by war and bitterness and enmity and misfortune and pain and everyday misunderstanding, in a world where the stranger causes fear, your job is to stand on so many varied doorsteps and declare peace, just as God did to Gideon, as Jesus' disciples did when they went into homes, as the risen Christ did himself when his closest disciples were so disheartened and frightened and bewildered. It will be your message in the face of so many messengers of God who come among us in so many and varied forms. Peace be with you. Do not fear. You will not die. Amen.